everybody. This is Talking Sports with Evan. I am Evan Wattalis, senior host, and I am starting early. Originally scheduled to start at 8 o'clock, but the evening schedule went uh, smoother than I thought with what I had to get done before I could do my show. So I decided to get started early because there is a lot of stuff to talk about in the world of sports. Baseball, the MLB trade deadline passed, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, didn't really do a ton at the trade deadline. Um they made a huge move overall with moving Josh Hader, and I'm going to discuss the Josh Hader trade momentarily. But other than that, they didn't really do a lot. They got a uh, pitcher from Texas, um, Bush, and then they got um, Rosenthal, former closer for the Cardinals, who hasn't pitched in two years. It's really what they did at the trade deadline. They got four pieces, uh, two major league guys, two minor league guys for Hader, and I'm going to kind of talk about the Brewers trade deadline and my 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 thoughts, some disappointments, but overall what my thoughts were on the deadline. You're, you're welcome to comment in. Uh, you can tweet at me at Evan with Sports. You're welcome to comment if you're watching live on Facebook. Um, put comment your comments in the comment box. And what are your thoughts on what the Brewers did today at the trade uh, uh, for the trade deadline? Combination ye- yesterday and today, because yesterday is when they officially moved Josh Hader to San Diego. And wow, I guess that's really all I can say about San Diego and what San Diego did is wow. San Diego just went completely bonkers in some of their moves. And is San Diego the clear cut um, winner of the trade deadline? I think it's safe to say yes. Getting Juan Soto, getting Josh Bell, um, getting Josh Hader. They definitely, in my opinion, won the, uh, Won the trade deadline. And I want to, again, I want to get your thoughts. You can tweet at me at Evan with sports. If you're watching on Twitter, you can comment in the comment uh, on Twitter. If you're on Facebook, you can comment in the comment box and put your comments in on your thoughts of the baseball trade deadline and your comments on the trade deadline. And um, sorry, I'm having some weird computer stuff going on. But your comments on the trade deadline and what you um, um, you know what you wish the Brewers would have done. So I have uh, my screen acting weird, um, zoomed in big time for whatever reason. So I got to figure out how to fix it really quick. Um, It's not working. Um. So yeah, I curious about. Like I said, curious about your thoughts on what they did at the trade deadline. Um. Like I said, don't mind me. I'm just having some, you know, some technical difficulties with my my computer right now. And like I said, it just zoomed in on me for, for uh, whatever reason. So, there we go. Getting that to work a little bit better now. So, again, um, the other things I'm going to talk about is what the Brewers did. Uh, I mean, what the Packers are doing in camp right now. And what uh, things are standing out to me 
in the Packer training camp and WWE under new leadership with the game Triple H and going to give my comments on what I how I think the uh the game Triple H is doing right now as the new uh head of uh, creative control and he's back in charge of ta- talent relations and um whatnot. So But with that said, start with the trade deadline and what the Brewers did for Josh Hader. And again, I apologize for my confusion there. But so I'm using a laptop and all of a sudden um, my my uh, screen just zoomed in up on me. Um, I don't know if, you know, what exactly it was, but got that figured out. So now I just got to uh, figure out how to read the comment because I did see somebody did comment on the show. Um, but couple couple things to look at, couple couple ways to think about the move in uh, trading Josh Hader. Um, it sucks. It, it really does suck trading you know Josh Hader away, um, especially to another team that's competing for the playoffs. I uh, you know San Diego is right now in the wild card, and they're trying to obviously catch the. Um, catch the Dodgers, and it's obviously disappointing because you know Hater, you know he's one of the top closers in baseball for a reason, and he's been one of the top closers in baseball, um, for for um for a while now. Um, he's been reliever of the year numerous times, and it it sucks to see him go. And I wish the Brewers could have uh, kept him in Milwaukee, but it just wasn't in the cards to to do. Um, you know, I know I have comments coming in, but I'm just still, still trying to get my computer figured out, um, with trying to get it now out of my, uh, full screen. So, but it's hard being a Brewer fan. It really is. It's difficult being a fan of the Brewers, um, because we're always seem to be, we always seem to be settling for, you know, just being good enough to make the playoffs. And if we can, you know, whatever happens, then uh, happens. And that seems to be what we kind of tend to settle on with the Brewers. And, you know, as I have mentioned, um, I uh, do wish they could have found a way to keep Hater um, in Milwaukee, but the trade had to be made, uh, unfortunately. And they got um, Rogers, who was the closer uh, with he was the closing pitcher with the uh, with the Padres prior to being demoted. Um, they got another pitcher who's been struggling this year. He he won. He was the finished fourth in the Cy Young uh, Cy Young Award a couple years back during uh, the COVID shortened season. He. Um, he was the uh, here we go. I got it to work. So he he was um, you know fourth in the Cy Young Award with the uh, that year, and then the two guys that got in the minors, uh, the outfielder. He uh, he's been uh, he's a lot of speed, a lot of speed with him. I know in uh, in the major leagues he's um, batting two twenty two, but he only has. Um, 
20, uh, 27 at bats at the big league level. And we, we, we can't really look too much into it with the 22 at bats in the major league level um, or 27 at bats at the major league level. He, um, he uh, Ruiz is the guy I'm talking about, the outfielder in the triple A and double A he's batting at 333 or somewhere along those lines. He's got a ton of stolen bases and Again, he's got speed for days, and that's definitely uh, definitely something to keep an eye on because he is a guy that could move up to tr- uh, to the big league level. The Brewers decide to bring him up this year. I think he's starting. Uh, Ruiz is starting at AAA right now just to get him involved in the system. But they could definitely move uh, him up to majors if Davis struggles or Tyrone Taylor continues to struggle. He's a guy that brings a lot of speed and. Dinson uh, Lamette is the gentleman who I mentioned finished fourth in the Cy Young a couple years ago. Uh, Gasser, uh, trip double uh, A, starting at double A with Milwaukee, and the Brewers could have got a better haul for Hater potentially. But the thing with that you got to keep in mind is a team. If it's an in-season trade, especially the teams that are going to take Hater are teams that are in contention and they're not going to give you anything major. You're not going to be able to trade hater to the Miami Marlins um, or a team like that, who they have uh, tons of rebuilding to do. It's going to be to a team like the Padres who are, are not going to get, you're going to take basically take what you could get and hater next year contract is going to jump up to buy roughly 15 million. And then, then he's a free agent. And you want to get something for him. And I'm in the avenue of you don't pay big money for closers or you don't spend big money in the bullpen because those guys, you can just move in and out of there as the Brewers have done um, quite a bit. They keep rotating guys in and out of the bullpen every year. And a lot of teams do that. And I think it was pretty evident what the Brewers are looking to do at the trade deadline. I think it's pretty evident that, they wanted to improve the depth of the bullpen because before the trade of Hader, you had Hader, Williams, Boxberger. That was pretty much it. Those are the only three guys that you trust in high leverage, high leverage situations. Then you have Hobie Milner, who you're hoping uh, plays well, and he had a rough outing a couple a uh, couple games ago. Uh, the game again a couple days ago on Sunday or Saturday, he had a rough outing. Um, Gustave. You don't want you don't trust using him in situations where you're trying to shut a team down. Uh, Suter, great locker room guy, uh, great in situations when you're up by a lot or down by a lot, but you don't trust him in a close game. So outside of those three guys, you didn't have anything, and you can't use them every day. So now with the trade, you got Rogers, who was the closer in San Diego. He's got one less save of Hater. Um, yeah, his ERA is four, um, four something, but Hater's ERA right now is a four two four. And the thing with pit with bullpen guys, you don't you take ERAs with a grain of salt because when you pitch out of the bullpen, because you're not pitching as many innings at a time, your ERA can jump up or jump down in a matter of one out one outing. You know, Hater's ERA prior to the All Star break. Um, when he was lights out, it was like a one point something. 
And then after the Giants walk-off grand slam, he jumped up to like a 4-4, just like a snap of a finger, his ERA jumps up. So bullpen guys take their ERAs with a grain of salt because they're not throwing a lot of innings like starting pitchers are. Corbin Burns gives up a run if he, you know, hopefully he doesn't today. But if Corbin Burns gives up a run, um, his ERA is not going to jump up too much. And I hate seeing Hater go. The players hate seeing Hater go. Obviously, Devin Williams interviewed, very upset, clearly upset about the move. Hopefully he can keep his head, keep his composure, and it doesn't affect him. You know, Christian Yelich talking about how it's a business. And, you know, Christian Yelich has been through this. He's been traded. So it's easy for him to say that. But I'm going to hold off judgment on the the hater trade until we kind of see what Rodgers and Lament and Ruiz and Gosser do. And Rodgers, Lament, and Ruiz. Ruiz could be key uh, key cogs to a playoff run this year, and Gosser could be a big uh, key in a couple years. When now you got to make tough decisions on Woodworth and Peralta. So a couple comments: uh, Pete, Peter, not happy with getting rid of Hater, and when Council was interviewed today, he wouldn't look at the camera and seemed like at a loss of words. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's likely lost of words. He, you know, the thing with Council, he gets it. You know, he's not going to like every move the front office does. He's worked in the Brewers front office before under Doug Melvin. Before he became the manager of the Brewers, he worked in the front office of the Brewers. He was the uh, deputy or assistant, whatever his title was, GM. He was getting his feet wet in baseball operations. So he, more than any manager in baseball, he understands the, the thinking of the front office. He also knows and understands that he doesn't have to like it. He doesn't have to agree with it. But unfortunately, Baseball is a business, and you weren't going to re-sign Hater to big money, so you had to take what you could get. And on the surface, it may not look like they got enough for him, but if you peel back the 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 uh the you know peel back the the surface uh, layer, go under dig, dig deeper into it, Ruiz, like I mentioned, has a lot of speed. He can be a big asset in running the bases later on this year. You got the. Uh, extra inning situation where the runner starts on second base, put him in as a pinch runner. He's got speed for days. He could steal third, get home in a heartbeat. Boom. You know, it's definitely something that can help. Um, Brian uh, agreed Padres winner at the trade deadline. They also ended uh, Brandon Drury, who has been playing well. And he's also a guy that could play all over the place. He could play anywhere in the infield. He can play in the outfield. He, Drury's a guy I wanted in Milwaukee. I wanted him. I was interested in trying to get Josh Bell, which the Padres ended up getting. Uh, I I was even interested in Jock Peterson, and he ended up not getting moved. Um, the Padres are definitely going to be fun to watch. Um, and the Brewers are definitely pushing it as a business. Um You know, they definitely are pushing as a business. And, you know, you mentioned we should have, you know, got rid of Kane a while ago. Well, the problem with Kane and the thing to look at with Kane, you're not, you weren't going to be able to trade him. And if you, you're paying him, you know, 15, 17 million for 2022, you're not going to be able to trade him. Nobody's going to trade for him. So you're stuck with that salary unless you take on a good chunk of it. And he still had, he's, still gave you a lot on defense. He he definitely gave you a lot on the defensive side of the baseball. 
which I know you have to be able to uh, swing a bat too. And unfortunately, the, the father time caught up to uh, Lorenzo Kane hard. It hit him hard, and he couldn't get the uh, get things going. And I I think what the Brewers are looking to do is they're not sellers by by at all. If they were trying to be sellers, you would have saw them probably move guys like Christian Yelich or Willie Adamas or some of or Roddy Tellez if they were selling. What they did is they got an offer for for Hater that they liked, and they made the move. And I think what the Brewers are looking to do is they know they weren't, they knew they probably weren't going to be able to get a big bat. The offense has been better, um, playing better, scoring more runs so far. They're hitting the ball better. And pitching had been their their weakness right now, which is kind of strange saying when you got a guy like Corbin and Brandon Woodworth and Freddie Peralta, who's coming back tomorrow. Uh, Lauer has been pitching well. You know, it's, it's strange to say that pitching's been a struggle, but pitching has had to improve. They had to improve the pitching and the bullpen because, as I mentioned to start the show, you only had three guys in the bullpen you could depend on night in, night out. Hater, Williams, Boxberger. That was it. And like, like I mentioned, too, if Rodgers can get back to form, because Rodgers was pitching extremely well earlier this year. Like Hater, he had a, a hiccup all of a sudden. And he's struggling now. And he's won. I, I don't know if San Diego reached out or not for the trade. I know Hater, uh, the Brewers were taking phone calls for him. I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure if San Diego approached the Brewers or the Brewers approached San Diego. I honestly don't think the Brewers are probably actively uh calling teams wanting to know what the option was, uh, if they anyone was interested in him. I don't know for sure. Um, but I know that it was reported a few weeks ago that the Brewers were fielding inquiries about him. And San Diego obviously offered him, them a package that they liked, and they took it. Could they have waited until the offseason, play out the rest of this year, wait to the offseason, and then see what you could get for him? That's a big risk. Because when closers lose it, they lose it big time. And I'm not saying Hater lost it. But he had a stretch of three or four games, five games, where it looked like he did. And they probably figure this is the best package they're going to get for him. I don't have to like the package. Um, I like the couple of the pieces in it. Like, I like uh, Ruiz. And I like Rodgers. Um, outside of that, the only other thing I wanted to see the Brewers do, as I mentioned, is get a bat. I'm highly disappointed they didn't get another bat. I would have loved Brandon Drury, who Brian mentioned or uh, in his comment. I would have loved him in a Brewer uniform. I would have liked to potentially get a Josh Bell because I like Roddy Tellez. But unfortunately, Roddy Tellez is extremely streaky, where Josh Bell is extremely consistent. And offensively, if this is what you're going to stick to offensively, I think now it's up to Craig Council to shuffle things around and try to improve um, – in areas such as uh, maybe, and I know Willie Adamas hit a home run, but maybe move Willie Adamas down in the lineup, move Colton Wong to the two hole and put Willie Adamas in the six or seven hole because Willie Adamas is struggling right now to swing the bait baseball bat. He, he he's looking for the long ball way too much. And he's wanting to hit every, every pitch that he swings at over the fences. When last year, when he went on the huge tear after Milwaukee traded for him, 
He was just putting the barrel of the bat on the ball and putting it in play. If it went over the fence, great. Otherwise, he's getting on base. He's driving runs in. He's getting doubles. Right now, it's all or nothing for him. And that's something he needs to improve on. Um, he needs to work on. I think if you move him, or switch him a lot with Colton Wong and have it, who's getting on base a lot right now, if you have it, Yelich, Wong, Renfro, Telez, or flip-flop Telez and Renfro and then McCutcheon, I think you're a better top of the order lineup. And then you got guys like Nevias, guys like Taylor, Urias, Adamas, uh, all in the bottom part of that lineup who could also, you know, with Adamas's case hit for power, Nevias's case get on base. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Adamas in the two hole at this point because I think coming into the day he was batting like two some like two seventeen, and like I said, it's either home run or strikeout, and that's about it. Um, he got a home run today though, so that's good. He's the Brewers, as uh, Peter mentioned, is up three nothing now, which is great to see. Hopefully they can finish it out. Be interesting to see if they have to use Devin Williams tonight. Uh, he was clearly a little shaken, I think, listening to what he had to say post game. Uh, I mean, pregame, uh, talking about the hater move. He definitely seemed a little shaken up. So I'm kind of curious to see how he comes out. But overall, with the trade deadline, very active. Uh, the Phil, I mean, the the Padres. I think the Padres are literally trying to get everybody they can. They could. They got uh, Soto and Josh Bell. Um, they got Brandon Drury. They got Josh Hader. They definitely stock things up. And the thing is, if they cannot catch the Dodgers, now you're playing a very scary team in the wild card. And uh, the wild card is this year is you got, I think it's the the division winner. Uh, uh, like the, So if, the, if it's the Brewers and the Padres in the first round, the Brewers would host the three games against the Padres. So the division and the the two wild you have two the two wild card teams playing the two division winners. And like I said, the division winners host the three games. Then you move on. Um, the the lower seeded team that's left will play the one seed who gets a bye, and then the other two teams left play each other. The Padres are going to be a very scary team in the playoffs regardless of if you get them in the wild card or if they win the division. Yeah, they're working on trying to make that World Series run. They're spending a ton of money doing it, and then you got Fernando Tatis coming back as well pretty soon. They're going to be a team that's going to be a very tough out, um, and you're going to have to be very cautious how you pitch against them for the fact that they uh, they have a, a lineup full of guys that can completely crush the baseball now with Bell, Soto, Tatis coming back. They, they're just a very dangerous team. Machado. Um, it's got to suck to be Luke Volt. <laughs> uh, Voigt. It's got to suck to be him. So the original trade for Soto and Bell was supposed to be a bunch of prospects and Eric Hosmer. There's one thing the Padres forgot to do. Eric Hosmer, 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 Hosmer he's got a no trade clause among 10 teams, and the Washington Nationals were on that list. They didn't check with Eric Hosmer uh, to see if he was going to waive his no-trade clause before being moved to Washington. The The trade became public, and he was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to be included in that trade. 
sorry, it's not happening. So the, the for fortunately for the Padres, they had the Nationals. The deal was done anyway. They just had to pick a different major league player to send over. But Luke Voigt goes from looking like a team guy that's going to be playing potentially for the World Series this year. Now he's stuck in Washington, who are pretty much was getting rid of everybody you can think of at the trade deadline. So it's got to suck to be him. Os- Hosmer going to the Boston Red Sox. So I guess they did find a team that wanted him. The the Phillies are were surprisingly making moves to try to make a playoff push, uh, getting Robinson, the the Cubs closer. Uh, I I was surprised that they were trying to make moves because you got the Braves and the Mets kind of running away with things in that division. But I guess with the second wild card, you can definitely do that. The Yankees were a big winner. Um, they got Andrew Benettini, uh, best. Uh, Available outf- rental outfielder, Frank Montas, uh, who's the starting out in Oakland. Now the Yankees got a better starting pitcher there. Harrison Bader, the Yankees moved a pitcher for Harrison Bader from the, the Cardinals. Out, they're trying to get better in the outfield. I know it's, it's strange to say that with Aaron Judge in the outfield, but they're trying to get better in the outfielder. And then they got Scott Erofos Iro- and Lou... Trevino, two bullpen guys that could definitely help areas where the Yankees needed help. So they definitely won. And I have CBS in front of me to kind of CBS sports in front of me to kind of help me remember everything that happened in the trade deadline. And they have Joey Gallo as a winner. I guess you can put Joey Gallo as a winner, but I don't understand all the love for Joey Gallo. Like what has Joey Gallo done that he's such a, high talked about player he doesn't hit the ball really at all he's he strikes out almost 40 percent of the time you know he's basically keston hero with a lower batting average keston hero is at least batting close to 250 260 gallo's batting in the 100s he's your definition of strikeout home run or walk type pitcher and he doesn't walk a lot so gallo has been that way his entire career so he's a big name, I guess. He's he become a big name, and all he does is he doesn't do much of anything. I think Houston did really well during the deadline by getting uh, Trey Mancini from the uh, from uh, Baltimore. I think that was a great move for them. Um, they got Will Smith, a lefty reliever. Brewer fans are going to remember Will Smith. He uh, played for Milwaukee a few years back. Uh, he left, They traded for him, uh, forget exactly from where. But then he left as a free agent and went to Washington, and now he's in Houston. He ended up going to Atlanta at some point, too, I think via trade last year. But that's huge. The Mets are losers. They didn't. They got a guy, you know, guy from the Giants. But outside of that, they were uh, Darren Ruff, uh, T- Tyler Nakin, Vogelbach. That's pretty much it, what they did. And they were in every discussion initially, in the Soto discussion, in the Bell discussion, DJ Martinez, uh, a JD Martinez discussion. The the Mets were in every discussion, but they struck out each and every time. But they're a deep team with starting pitching that's really good, including uh, one of their big pitchers coming back. The Twins did well, getting Jorge Lopez, uh, Michael Farmer, Tyler Malley. Great uh, additions there for the Twins. Um, Baltimore, the fans, definitely. We're losers at the deadline. 
And the Dodgers, I think you could definitely put the Dodgers as a as a loser at the deadline for the fact that you had the Padres pretty much making trades for literally everybody you can think of. Um, they made trades for literally everybody you can think of. Now I know the Dodgers have a big lead in the division, but now the question is. Is that going to close on the in a hurry now as uh, the, the Padres are definitely a much stronger team? So moving on to Packers, um, it is training camp. It is, uh, you know, training camp going on right now. And a couple keep standing out to me right now. So Christian Watson is currently out with uh knee. He had a knee, uh, knee surgery. Um. Yeah, walks once again hurt Milwaukee. Guy, two guys walk, and then the next guy hits a home run. So walks was a big issue in the game three against Boston. They just kept walking guys on base, and they got paid for it, and now they did today. But back to the Packers, um, Romeo Dobbs is taking advantage of all the extra reps he's getting right now. And he, he, he blew by Stokes today. Stokes is supposed to be a speed demon. And Royal Dobbs blew by him today. He's catching mostly being thrown to him. He's showing that he can run great routes in and out of breaks. Romeo Dobbs, is, he's a guy that is showing that he deserves playing time here in Milwaukee. I mean, in Green Bay. And he looked really impressive thus far in training camp. The other guy, uh, Zach Tom, he's another guy to keep an eye on in training camp. He's basically... To me, he's a Elton Jenkins, uh, potential Elton Jenkins 2.0. I'm not saying he's as good as Elton Jenkins. Uh, prior to Elton Jenkins' knee injury, he was on a Hall of, pay, Hall of Fame trajectory with every trajectory of everything he was doing. But Zach Tom is stepped in, in camp so far, has stepped in at left tackle. He stepped in at right tackle. He stepped in at guard. He's played some center. He's a guy that can literally play anywhere. And that's great versatility to have. And he may play his way into the starting lineup because right now, who knows? And David Bakhtiari is going to be back practicing. He's still on the pup list again. Who knows when he's going to be practicing? Elton Jenkins is on the pup list. Who knows when he's going to be practicing next? So it'd be interesting to see if Zach Tom can wrestle away the right tackle spot out of camp. And if he can, and when... Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins come back, the Packers are going to have a really good problem to have because obviously Bakhtiari uh, goes right back in the left tackle. But then what do you do from there? John Runyon Jr. does show that he deserves the playing time. Um, Zach Tom, if he's starting right tackle, he's earned that playing time. I guess Royce Newman will be the odd man out at right guard. So I guess that's probably where you'd have to put Elton Jenkins. I think that's the one position Elton Jenkins hasn't played significant um, significant reps thus far in his career. He's played a lot of right guard, I mean left guard. He's played a lot of left tackle, and I don't think he's played a ton of right tackle either. But with that, um, those are just some guys that are really standing out at training camp. I like that the Packers are finally putting an emphasis on special teams. It's been a joke in Green Bay with special teams pretty much since they won the Super Bowl in uh, 2010. It's not a Matt LaFleur thing. It's been a Packer cultural thing. And they finally addressed it by bringing in a 
a well-respected special teams coach, and they're putting more of an emphasis on special teams, which if the Packers special teams was even below average, they're beating San Francisco, and they're likely playing in the Super Bowl if they're even um, below average. But unfortunately, they were atrocious, and the Packers were unable to move past San Francisco. So I think the emphasis on special teams is important. Jordan Love had a good practice on Tuesday, and I think his development is important to to keep taking a look at because if he shows out in training camp this year, maybe you can move him uh, in this in the offseason for a team that's looking for a quarterback. And guys like Isaiah McDuffie seems to be playing faster. Um, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are being themselves. Um, Amari Rogers had a better camp today and Martin Amari Rogers is a guy that really needs to ball out in camp this year. He is a guy who completely struggled last year catching on to the NFL game. And he even said that he was probably a little too heavy and that slowed him down a little bit. He's cut a bunch of weight. He says he's in the best shape he's ever been in. Well, now it's time to put it on the field. And he's continuing to been struggling on special teams, which not something you want to do when you need to uh, fight for everything you can get. Rashawn Gary has played extremely well in camp so far this year. And here's my my um, here's my bold prediction: Rashawn Gary is going to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. That that that's my thought there. He's winning Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I think he's that good. And I think this year he takes that next step. I think they're going to use him more than they have in the past because they don't really have um, a lot of depth behind uh, uh, Smith and Gary. And I think Gary's going to become uh, defensive player of the year. That That's my bold prediction for the 2022 Packers season. And then finally, and I'm not going to keep you uh, much longer as I try not to go over 30 if I'm solo because I think you guys get tired of hearing me talk. But but finally, um, so WWE had major shakeup. Vince McMahon out. Uh, Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan taking over as CEOs. Triple H gets his job back as uh, talent direct, uh, vice president of talent relations. And now he gets director of creative as well and SummerSlam I think showed what he's looking to to do um as the creative person as SummerSlam went extremely well probably one of their best shows they've had in quite a while uh Raw last night was really good and the big thing is they're, they're starting to have they're starting to have direction with storylines they're not just throwing crap at a wall and then changing it the next week. They're actually having direction to storylines. And at least right now, Hunt Triple H is not making it about himself. He's staying in the background. He's doing what he did. He's doing what he did in, uh, in NXT, staying in the background and making it about the talent's in the ring rather than about himself, which most of the McMahons like making it about themselves. So with that, appreciate you all watching, listening, uh, however you're getting the show here today. You can follow me on Twitter at Evan Witt Sports. You can follow, find me on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan. 
uh, like the page, share it. And if you want to comment on anything sports related, I'm going to start getting better on posting things daily. And my talking sports with Evan page right now, it's mostly just my, my podcast videos, um, posting those, uh, you know, the, my, my live stream posting in there. That's pretty much what it is right now, but I'm definitely going to get better at um, posting every day in that. So at Evan with sports, and you can also email talking sports with Evan at gmail.com. With that said, talk to you all later. Have a good one. Peter, thanks for watching. Enjoy the rest of your night. Brian, thanks for watching briefly, and I will talk to you all later.